In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, we come before you in the sacrament of your love. Open our hearts to receive the riches that pour forth from the treasury of your heart. We are weak, we are in need. We ask you to fill us in all of those places where we are empty, to feed us where we are hungry, to give us to drink where we thirst. We come before you confident that you have drawn us to yourself, and we thank you. And we ask you to fill us at this hour with more of your grace and mercy so that our lives may be changed, our hearts purified, and our souls cleansed. And we may embrace you and cling to you now and throughout all eternity. This we ask in your most holy name. Amen. Mary, seat of wisdom, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This afternoon's conference, I would like to speak a little more about the Sacred Heart and finding our place, finding our home in the Sacred Heart of our Lord. Home is where the heart is. And our Lord says in his high priestly prayer in the Gospel of John that he wants us to be where he is, that where I am they also may be. He says, how beautiful is that? What loving words. I want you to be where I am the words of a lover to the beloved. And if that's the case, then really it doesn't matter where you are. If you're with the one whom you love, every place is, is kind of home. The externals, the environment, doesn't really matter that much. As long as I'm with the one who loves me, it's all good. That's the heart we're going to look into this afternoon. You'll see around this property, and in most Catholic churches, images of the Sacred Heart. You know the ones that are in the vestibule and one or two others on the property. And they always make us pause it's very difficult to pass by an image of the Sacred Heart without stopping. How could we not? Whenever we see the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we understand it because we immediately feel understood by it. Everybody wants a heart to love them, 
and not just any heart, but the perfect one. The perfect heart to love imperfect me in a perfect way. Some people get married with that hope. But when we see the sacred heart, we say, that's it. That's the one I've been looking for. That's what I've been looking for my whole life. A heart just like that. And you don't need to explain the thorns, the fire, the cross. It all speaks to me. I get it. That's the kind of love that I was made for. That's the kind of love God created me for. That is the kind of love that the Lord wants me to want and wants me to give. He points to his heart on every image of the Sacred Heart. And he's saying, I want you to want this. This is for you. The fire is for you. The cross is for you. The blood is for you. The thorns are for you. This is your place of rest. This is your home. This is where all real love comes from and from nowhere else. The saints take that very much to heart, to their own hearts. And sometimes we find the saints saying some pretty outrageous things about God's love, about trusting in God, about his mercy, and about his grace. St. Therese does that all over the place in her autobiography and other places. You wonder, where did she get all this? <laughs> like when, our, when uh, the people in our Lord's own hometown said about him, where did he get all this? St. Therese got it from the Sacred Heart. She was the one who would say things like, it is so good to feel that you are weak and little. It is so good to find yourself fallen on the ground and to, find, and, and to have other people find you there. Or if I had committed all of the sins in the world, I would not lose one ounce of confidence in God. All these outrageous things that come from somebody who has been loved. If you've been loved, you say the most outrageous things. Crazy talk. And yet it makes sense. Our Lord wants us to go beyond our own experience of love because our experience of love with other human beings is always very imperfect, always flawed. It's good, but never the best. He wants us to go after a love that loves us and seeks us out when we're unworthy, when we're ugly, when our hearts are hard, 
when our hearts are cold. And one saint I'd like to bring your attention to is St. Bernard of Clairvaux, a saint of the Middle Ages. He lived about 900 years ago. And listen to what he has to say about how God seeks him and how he seeks God. He says, I cannot fear to look on his face since I have sensed his tenderness. How have I known his tenderness? Because not only has he sought me as I am, but he has shown me tenderness and caused me to seek him with confidence. How can I not respond to him when he seeks me? How can he be angry with me for seeking him when he overlooked the contempt that I showed for him? He will not drive away someone who seeks him when he sought someone who rejected him. Jesus is gentle. Jesus brings me gentle greetings. Jesus speaks to me persuasively of his zeal and his desire for me. How can I fail to be inspired to seek him when I have experienced his mercy and been assured of his peace? Words of gold, words of fire. He has sought me as I am. Why does God do this? Why does he seek us like this? Why is he so zealous for us? Because the love of God is the only thing that will change us. It's the only thing that will save us. How many times have we said, maybe in confession, we say, I keep doing the same wrong things over and over again. I keep confessing the same things over and over again. And we know what a struggle it is to be holy. We know what a struggle it is to change. We know how discouraging it is when we try and try and fail. The Lord knows that the only thing that can break my hard heart open is the love that comes from his heart. Nothing else. No rewards, no punishments, nothing except the love that comes from his heart will penetrate this hard heart. We need to spend time looking at that heart that has loved us so much. It loves us so much that it can handle rejection. It can handle being spurned. It can handle even the worst contempt, as St. Bernard says. How can I fail to approach him when 
he basically ignored the fact that I ignored him. That's not how we experience love. That's not how our relationships often go. If you hurt me, I get you back. I give you the silent treatment. I do things to show how hurt I am. Good old passive aggressiveness. But the Lord takes it. The Lord can handle it. We don't want to make him have to handle it, but he will if he has to. He does whatever it takes to save us. That's why he hung on the cross for us and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He didn't say, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to hurt you. When the Lord's heart was opened on Calvary with the spear, he never closed it up again. It's still hanging open for us and we need it to stay open. And for all eternity, he will be pointing to that heart and say, behold, this heart that has loved you when you were unlovable, when you couldn't love yourself, behold the love that loved you anyway. Behold the love that picked you up when you had fallen. If you look at your life and you see things in it that are out of order, if you see that you have sins that are hard to overcome, whatever it might be, ask yourself, what on earth would change me? What would push me to quit doing this bad thing and start doing this good thing? What gets the job done? What is it I'm missing? It's one thing. It's got to be a love that bleeds for me, a love that burns for me, a love that suffers for me. Not only has he sought me as I am, but he has shown me tenderness and caused me to seek him with confidence. Our Lord accompanies us throughout our earthly journey and gives us reminders of his love. He drops hints into our lives. Sometimes he allows us to suffer in a big way, all for the sake of saving us, all for the sake of drawing us to himself. What stands behind all of that is this beating heart of our Savior, this wounded heart of our Savior that is never put off by our callousness, our ugliness, our repeated failures. And eventually, something in us has got to give. Every one of us has some hardness in the heart. And it is our Lord's hope that at some point his love is going to win. It's going to penetrate 
is going to take over. You think how easy it is to go to confession and have our sins forgiven. Yeah, it's hard sometimes to confess. But the process itself, what could be easier? Going to Holy Communion, what could be easier? You see how available the Lord makes himself to us. He's so available. You go into a room in private, you say your sins, and you walk away forgiven? Unbelievable. You come to receive a host, and you've received God into your soul? Unbelievable. Could it be that good? Could it be that easy? Could his love be so great? Yes. And I'm afraid a lot of people outside of the church hear about these things and they think, that's just too good to be true. Too good to be true. But it is good. And it is true. And the more we have a sense of God's love, the less we want to offend it, the less we want to go against it. There is so much in this passage from St. Bernard that we could reflect on it for a lifetime. He has sought me as I am. How can he be angry with me for seeking him when he overlooked the contempt that I showed for him? He has sought me as I am. Well, how are you right now? How are you? How how do you feel right now? How did you feel when you got here last night? It seems like a long time ago. It was just 24 hours, right? But what was God doing? What is he doing right now? He's seeking you as you are. He's going after you as you are. And he's done that by bringing you here. Maybe you can think of other examples in your life when you weren't particularly open to the Lord or weren't particularly looking for the Lord, and he came anyway. He sought you as you were. He seeks you as you are. That's astonishing. Do we easily seek out people who offend us? Do we easily seek out people who aren't interested in us? The Lord does this because he knows we need to find our place in his heart, to find our home there. He knows that we need to experience a love that is crucified, that burns, that bleeds, that suffers, and asks for no repayment. And that's why when we see the Sacred Heart, we get it. Nobody needs to stand there and explain it to you. You stop when you see it and you say, I, I, I understand that. That's what I've always wanted and never found. 
I know a priest who says that people often look for love, as the saying goes, in all the wrong places and spend so many years looking for just the right man, just the right woman. And he says the reason why you never really find it is because you've already got it. You're looking for something that you've already found. It's like carrying a, a treasure chest around with you that, you that you've never opened. And meanwhile, you're looking all around for a treasure somewhere else, and you're never finding it. It's not we who seek God, it is God who seeks us. It is not you who chose me, says the Lord, but I who chose you. You remember one of our Lord's parables when he says that the shepherd goes out into the wilderness and looks for the one, the one lamb that has gone astray. And he leaves the 99 to go in search of the one. And what does he do when he finds it? He scolds it, smacks it. If you do this one more time, <laughs> this is it. This is the last time, right? Do you know what you put me through? I had, you know, I had to go all over the place looking for you. The Lord doesn't say that. The scripture says that he puts the lamb on his shoulders, rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing that he found the one that had been lost. Just so, says the Lord, just so, it is not the Father's will that any be lost. Do we get it? What is that supposed to do for us when we hear something like that? To recognize the joy that the Lord has in seeking us as we are, wherever we are, whoever we are, and drawing us close to his heart. And the closer you get, the less you want to go anywhere else. I don't know how many of you have the habit of Eucharistic adoration, what we're doing right now. But normally it takes place in silence. And there are some parishes like St. Therese across the street over there that have 24-hour adoration. If you're not in the habit, do you sometimes wonder how people do that for an hour at a time or even multiple hours at a time? It's explainable only by the fact that they have tasted a love that they can't get enough of. I can't let a day go by that I don't make my holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament. Can't get enough. And I'm wondering, how do, how do Christians survive without it? It's inconceivable to me. We hunger and we thirst and we look everywhere except the one place where we can get fed and where we can get the living water and where we can really be loved. There is greater joy in heaven, says the Lord, over one sinner who repents than over the 99 who don't need it. 
think of that. Sometimes when I hear confessions, I wish I could hear the angels sing because the Lord says they, they do that. And why do they rejoice? Why does all of heaven rejoice because a, a somebody has gone to confession or converted or repented? Because the sacred heart has triumphed again. That's why. Glory to the sacred heart of Jesus. He has won. He has conquered again. The hardest thing to conquer is the human heart. And when the Lord does it again and again, so gently and so mercifully, all of heaven rejoices. There's nothing else to rejoice over except the love that can touch our hearts and turn them around and give them rest. St. John the Apostle tells us in his first epistle, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us first. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the expiation for our sins. We love because he first loved us. That's the equation. We start to love because we've been loved. A part of being on retreat is to be receptive to that love so that it can change your life. And sometimes when the love comes to us on retreat or in other places, sometimes it's going to be painful. Because love is never really love unless it also goes along with the truth. And sometimes the truth is difficult for us to take but we need it. And we have to be open to it. When you leave here this weekend, never forget, never, never forget the love that has sought you out as you are. If you can pinpoint a moment in your life that was like a turning point, or you were, you were somewhere and, and the love of God hit you like a brick. Wherever it was, whenever it was, don't forget that. Celebrate it. Don't forget the mercy that reached out to you when you may have been wandering away and invited you back home. In that heart, we all find our home. The love that comes from the sacred heart is the love that makes us always feel at home. Because it is his heart that gives us rest and peace and reconciliation. And all of the good things that we want so desperately in this life. How many of the regrets that you have come from having looked for love 
somewhere other than in the Lord. I think maybe all of the regrets I have. But think of the things that you wish you could do over, wish you could take back. And how much of it is because I was looking for my home somewhere else. I was looking for that perfect love somewhere else. Well, don't be sad. Do not weep. For the Lord takes us as we are and seeks us as we are and loves us here and now as we are. Whatever the past may have embraced, the Lord seeks us as we are now and gives us the hope that we can begin again. Because his love When it comes into us, it renews us. The psalm, Psalm 42, says, I will go, I will go into the altar of God. I will go up to the altar of God, to God who rejoices my youth, who renews my youth, who makes me new again and whole again. God's love can do that. How can you fail, as St. Bernard says? How can we fail to be inspired to seek him when he has gone through so much trouble to seek me? When he has gone through so much trouble to go after me when I didn't want anybody to go after me? Why on earth would that heart go in pursuit of someone like me? because he loved me. That's it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.